Have you been wanting to follow your passion, that side hustle that you want to turn into a full-time gig for yourself? If you've ever thought about making your side hustle into your full-time hustle, but you were like, where am I going to do this? But you just want to make it happen. Well, maybe you take over your dining room table, or maybe you actually spread everything out on your bed in your bedroom and work from there. That becomes your office. Well, today's show is going to be an inspiration for you because my guest is Jemmy Lagonier, who has become a very sought-after podcast producer, and she is a total delight. Jemmy started her podcasting production business in her bedroom. We hear how her career in podcasting started in her bedroom. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative rebels, freaks, misfits, and geeks tired of working for the man. If you want to monetize your talents through media creation and production, then this podcast is for you. Whether you're just starting out, have a side hustle, or want to take your business to the next level, this podcast will help you profit from your superpowers. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, longtime vegan, Gen Xer, cat mom, drag queen enthusiast, and collector of weird dolls and lunchboxes. By using my professional background in business, marketing, design, and finance, I will help you move from passion to profits. If you're ready to crush your fears, take action, and do things scrappy, then together, let's get the balance right. You have a podcast that has morphed over time, but in the beginning, it was called Business in the Bedroom. Yes, it was. (laughs) Which, when I heard about that show, I was like, what is this about? Because you never know in podcasting what things are going to be about. Exactly. That's the beauty of podcasting. You can do anything in this space and you can find anything in this space. So knowing I had a title of Business in the Bedroom was going to turn some heads. But it's interesting because the people who that show was designed for immediately know what I'm talking about. They resonate with it because I built my business in my bedroom, literally on my bed with the baby next to me, on my laptop, doing stuff after hours, on weekends, late at night, middle of the night, whenever. And so side hustlers trying to build their business that's often their atmosphere too they're doing it in the bedroom just like i was <laughs> the first thing i thought about was the image of you sitting on that bed over a laptop Didn't your back start to hurt working in the bed like you that? know what so excited you asked me that question because I get to tell you something I've never really shared with anyone before. Oh, okay. So in my early 20s, I was highly obsessed with Hello Kitty. Oh, me too. Still am a little bit. More than a little bit. I have a tattoo, but whatever. I love Hello Kitty. So back in the day, I got this little foldable table. I think it's intended for a preschooler, but whatever. I use it on my bed and it's perfect height to bring my laptop up so I'm not hunched over and hurting my back. So my Hello Kitty table saved my back. Shout out to Hello Kitty. Wow, that is so (laughs) funny. So when you first got into podcast production, was it a side hustle? I was a data analyst for 15 years. Wow. Yeah, so I was writing SQL code, thousands of lines of computer code and automating systems and things like that. That was me. I was like data nerd to the max. But by that point, I was actually bored and really feeling like in a rut. I thought if I start a business, it might be my parachute out of 
data analytics. Did it start off as a side hustle in the bedroom and you were still a data analyst or what was going on there? Yeah, so I was still a data analyst and I started my company as digital marketing, social media, website design development, digital PR. Basically, I realized I was really good at getting people's goals to come to fruition. It started off as just that. I thought I would be building websites and doing social media for the long haul, but I ended up completely falling in love with the craft of podcasting, completely falling in love with it. At that point, I was in a position where mentally I had allowed my mind to go in that direction towards independence, but I was still a single mom with all this responsibility on my shoulders and a really well-paying full-time job with benefits. And it was like one on one, not quite a devil and an angel, but one, (laughs) one opportunity on one shoulder, one opportunity on the other. And I had to really dig deep and figure out what do I want? And I realized I don't want this everyday rat race where I don't feel like I can dream as far and as big as I want to. I want to dream as far and as big as I want to and make those dreams happen. I want to be there for my son when he's sick and he's not feeling well. I want to be able to go to his school to celebrate his birthday and bring cupcakes. And I want to be able to decide that schedule myself. I opted for option B and ran with it. And it did start off as a side hustle and the podcasting was a hobby. And when I fell in love with the craft of podcasting, I said, no, this is what I need to do because this is eight years ago. So the challenge was most of the time when I brought it up with someone, it was like, what's a podcast? No one even knew what it was. And I'm like, how am I going to build a business to provide a service that they just don't even know is a thing? Then there was a challenge of I have to create the awareness, the industry. And so I started a meetup group and all this awareness. Basically, I evangelized the heck out of podcasting every opportunity I had, every stage I could get on, every microphone I can get in front of, every meeting I could make happen and just made it evident that this is a really cool thing to do and slowly started to take on one client at a time until I built it up. It's been a great adventure. On your podcast, you had talked about going to PodFest and how that really catapulted things because then you started to meet people and everything. In between that time and in the beginning, how were you getting clients and what were you doing for them? Were you doing show notes, editing? Were you doing all this stuff? Yeah, great question. Most of the revenue came in through social media, digital marketing and PR. That was the core of the business. That was how I had the bread and butter coming in while I built up the awareness so I could build up a want for podcasting services. I was working for a gentleman named Jeremy Pound, who was at the time had a company all about website design development. So I was learning a lot from him while I was also building my business. One of his website clients started a podcast and just needed help adding an intro and adding the outro. It was the simplest first client experience ever because they didn't want any other editing. And it was great because I barely knew how to edit myself. (laughs) That is so funny. That was the first ticker in the box, but it was really just a one-off thing through my website design development. So the podcasting really took a while to become a business. I think my first true podcast client, meaning taking them from I have an idea through I'm launched through now we're producing episodes. That first client probably happened about 2015, 2016, but it was just one at a time. It was just getting one client and figuring it out and 
nurturing my process for it. And but still the website stuff was still the bulk. So my time it was really tough because I like to say I was always uh, creating new ends of the candle to burn because <laughs> I needed to make ends meet because I believed in my vision for what this business could be as a podcast production house. I just needed the industry to catch up to where I needed it to be. And I had to get that work done. It was a process. And now you have a team working for you. What was in between where you're doing all of the work and then Mm -hmm. you start to farm it out? And I'm assuming that the people that work with you, are they all contractors? They are all contractors right now. They have dedicated roles in the company. Their faces and profiles are on my website. They are part of our team. They have an email address, all that kind of stuff. And they are dedicated to particular shows. So each client has their dedicated editor, their dedicated post-production person. But how it got started, man, I was exhausted. It came to a point where I was mothering and businessing all day long. And then I put him to bed. And then I'd business for another two hours. And then I'd go to bed for two hours. And I'd business for another two hours. And I'd go to bed for two hours. And I'd wake up and I'd mother. And then start it all over again, right? Convenient that it's in the bedroom then. Exactly. You, just, you wake up and then you roll over. Where's that Hello Kitty the table? Laptop and there we go. <laughs> But what that did was it broke my sleep cycle so much. I was mentally exhausted. And I don't think I truly recognized the signs until it was too late. I remember the night I felt the first pain, like something broke. I'm like, what just happened? And that was the beginning of a three to four year long migraine. Chronic in the midst of that I recognized I can't do this. I have to figure out a way to scale this business and be able to bring other people on. But I couldn't imagine how I could afford. I was barely able to keep my own things going. How can I afford to pay someone else? I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. But then the light bulb went off. And the light bulb was this, that some of my clients, there's some work, obviously, that's overhead. That's just part of part and parcel of the process. You got to do it. But for the stuff that my clients are paying me to do, that bucket of things, I can pay someone else to do and then build off the profit. When that light bulb went off, then it became, okay, what do I want somebody to take on? What is that role going to look like? And how do I figure out just enough to get them going that I can slowly build enough profit to create that cushion over time and then eventually bring on one? It was one person at a time, very slowly very strategically because I'm a single mom and that's the priority and I couldn't let any of that falter. So it was one tiny little step at a time. Yeah, congratulations. And that is the way to build a business because now it frees up your time to work on that bucket, which is so important. Mm. Bringing in, You have more time to bring in clients. 100%. You have to have time for that. If you're always stuck in the weeds, you don't have time to go out there and speak and sell and do all those things. Exactly. To your point, until I could get all these other things done, I needed to have time to make the calls, make the meetings. And I didn't have that. But like about two years ago, everything finally came together. That's really cool. Jemmy, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. How do people find you? You can just find me at flintstonemedia.com. Literally everything is linked there. 